I was drunk and I hit the floor in a cold tile floor in Mexico and I screamed out, God, if you're real, I want everything you have. And if you're not, just leave me alone. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems but found answers in a real God. Lately, we've been talking about how faith can help people out of feelings of worthlessness and feelings of having no value. Now, we all have the need to feel like we have value and worth and that we're special in our own unique way. But sometimes it's hard to realize your value and that problem can be worsened if you grow up in an abusive situation where you're constantly told that you have no value. Now, in our last show, we had Carrie Stevens Perkins share with us how she grew up in an abusive household where her father would verbally assault her mother and then her as well as she would try to stick up for her mom. She was often told that she was ugly, fat, and that she would never amount to anything. It made life so difficult. And when she was 14, she got into drugs and alcohol and started living wildly. She shared with us how she had four abortions due to some very toxic relationships that she ended up in, and the guy would always give her money and would tell her to go get an abortion. Today, she's going to share how an encounter with God brought such a drastic, wonderful change into her life. Carrie, welcome back to the show. I'm so glad to be with you again. Carrie, it's great to have you back. Now, I understand you weren't super into faith growing up because your father was supposedly, you know, getting religious, but then would give your family so much verbal abuse, and it painted faith in a very bad light. Can you tell us about that? We went to church, and the first time we went to church, my mother fully gave her life, and my dad went down also, but my mom took off running. And then after that, we would, as a family, Sunday mornings, be getting dressed and there was chaos. I used to call it the hell because we all dreaded Sundays because it was fighting on bathroom. My father would pull us out of the bathroom. My sister by her hair, scream at us, hollering, calling us names. We'd all be crying and fighting to the car, get in the car, screaming, fighting, name calling. We'd pull up to the parking lot at the church and my father would turn around and put his finger in his face and tell us, you straighten up, quit crying, or I'm going to beat your butts, and we come in here, and we're going to be good, and da-da-da-da, so we'll go into church, and the whole time I'm walking into church, I'm thinking, what just happened? What, what, this man is crazy, and then to go in and then be worshiping, and my father have his hands raised to God and Mm -hmm. crying, I'm like, what kind of God is this, and how could I ever call him father when my father is worshiping him, but yet, you know, he's Satan himself in the car when we get home, so we hated church hated going to church. Wow. So after experiencing that criticism, how did that make you feel about being accepted by God? He was unattainable to me because I wasn't worthy. I wasn't a good girl. I would never be a good enough person for God. I just couldn't get to God. He wasn't attainable. Mm, Yes. I understand how you could feel that way. Let me go back to the time where you felt incredible depression about the four abortions in your past, that when you got married and you had children of your own, suddenly that came back up. Can you tell us about that? The first marriage, like I said, I went into it three months pregnant. 
had another church experience where the pastor was teaching damnation, hell, brimstone. So at three months pregnant, I threw myself on the altar, give my life to him. But there was no change because I didn't mean it in my heart. I just didn't want to go to hell. I just didn't mean it. So there was no change. I still started spiraling because I compared my son thinking about what his other brothers and sisters would have looked like. And I brought that into a second marriage where I also got pregnant and had my daughter. So then I'm thinking about I have four other kids in heaven, if you know, heaven's really out there, and then have these two, I wonder what they look like. And I'm on social media trying to see what his kids look like, comparing them. We got invited to go to a wedding in Mexico. I was a drunk all the time, always drinking. Mm -hmm. I was drunk and I hid money from my ex-husband because he was into drugs. I was into alcohol. And if he'd take the money to go buy drugs or I wanted it for alcohol. So I went to get the money to go buy something and the money was gone. So everything in the room went black except for his head and I wanted it. So he came out of the shower and when he came out, I took him and picked him out and threw him across the room. He almost hit a coffee table corner that almost killed him. He took off running out of the hotel room and I was drunk and I had a bottle of tequila in one hand uh, like shots and then a margarita that I had like triple shots in and I was already drunk mm. and I hit the floor in a cold tile floor in Mexico and I screamed out, God, if you're real, I want everything you have. And if you're not, just leave me alone. And at that moment, I had a vision of Jesus coming into the room and he touched me on my shoulder. And I can say that I've never been the same. I've been serving him ever since. Oh. And I know God had to meet me in that way because every time I went to church, I would always pick the wrong place or at the wrong time where they were at hellfire damnation. And I didn't relate because I already thought I was bad. So if I'm bad, what's the point of even trying to be good? Mm -hmm. So God came in all of his power and glory to show me, I accept you. And the thing that I love the most about it, and it gets me emotional, is that he wasn't scared of my sin. He walked in in the middle of my sin while I was committing my sin. And he's like, I chose you before the foundation of time. You're mine. I call you by name and I want you. That's when I'm like, he can be called father because he comes to us as a father, as a lover. And he just totally ripped my world apart and made it better. Wow, Carrie, what is so amazing about this realization that you're having is that God wasn't scared of your sin and that he loves you. This must have been so life-changing. Radically changed. It was funny because when we got home, it was like God put an invisible barrier around my house because all the people I would party with and stuff, they wouldn't step over the threshold. And I'm like, God, why won't these people come near me? He immediately took drinking from me because I was an alcoholic. He completely took it away from me. My smoking went away two years later. I quit partying. People quit coming around. The gossiping, the backbiting stopped. But I was so hungry for his word. I could not get enough of his word. I was going to every church service, every function, every <laughs> everything you could imagine because I was hungry. Oh, this is amazing, Carrie, how God changed your life. What would you say to the person who might be where you were in the past, where they feel like God couldn't love or accept them because of their past sins? Just cry out to God from where you're at. 
because you are good enough and you are worthy enough. And Jesus is the true lover of your soul and he would do anything for you. And it's like I had someone tell me once before, and I'm telling you this now, is that if you were the only person on the planet, he would have died just for you. Mm -hmm. And he longs for you and he loves you just where you're at. He's not scared of your sin and he's big enough to conquer any fear, any doubt and any rebellion in your heart. He can just take it and he transforms it. It's gone. He's wonderful. Wow. What it sounds like to me is now you understand that God is not distant, but he is your true heavenly father. Yes. I call him daddy. Yes. And though you had difficulty with your earthly father, your heavenly father provided that relationship that you were needing in your life for such a radical change. Yes. Carrie, you're such a precious soul. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Thank you. Hang on. We aren't done yet. I want to talk to you more about this right after the break. My friends, this is Evangelist Anlay, and I have a huge heart to study how Jesus is working in people's lives today and how he can change the lives of so many more. Will you partner with me to get this show on another radio station in a different state? Together, we're learning and demonstrating that Jesus is alive and touching lives everywhere. Help us to get out the good news. We're looking for monthly giving partners from $5 a month to $100 a month. Anything helps. You can learn more about this by going to AwakeningTheNations.com. That's AwakeningTheNations.com. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at AwakeningTheNations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's AwakeningTheNations.com or 877-480-4477. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? To me, Carrie was very confused when her dad seemed to be a church-going man, but then at home was verbally abusing her and her mother. That would be confusing. And honestly, for a kid, why would you ever want to follow God if following God looks so evil? And unfortunately, there's a lot of people who go through something like this. So what about you? Is there someone in your life who calls themselves a Christian, but then verbally abuses you or someone around them? What do ancient writings say about something like that? It is written in 1 John 4.20-21. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. See, according to ancient scriptures, if someone says that they're a believer or a God-loving, God-fearing person, then they will have love as their key marker in their lives. They will be considerate and loving. Not perfect, okay? But there will be a consistency of love all around them and not hatred. But when you meet someone who seems so good and perfect and then their family might tell you a different story, well, we might have to understand that verbal abusers are not Christians. Let me explain that, guys. The Bible calls Christians to not hang out with those who call themselves Christians but are verbal abusers. It is written in 1 Corinthians 5.11, But now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral or covetous or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or an extortioner, not even to eat with such a person. 
See, we're called to not keep company with someone who is a reviler, meaning someone who makes constant accusations at someone and keeps blaming others rather than taking responsibility themselves. It's the people who just name call you to death and always blame everything on you and call you like you're such a loser when they maybe have a part and a role to play in that. Now, Christians are called to have self-control over what they say especially to others. It is written in James 1.26, If anyone among you thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. That is true. If we say we have faith, but then don't control what we say and revile or verbally abuse others recklessly, then our faith is not functional and maybe not even there. So what would someone need to do? They would need to repent and turn to God as God will bring forgiveness and healing so that the person can bring life and healing rather than death and damage. What about you? Where are you at with all of this? Maybe you're the person who has endured horrendous amounts of verbal, emotional, or even physical abuse. I'm sorry. And the Lord has the power to heal your soul. He has the power to redeem you because it is written in John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You can come to your heavenly Father and He will heal you and give you a new heart. You don't have to keep believing you're worthless. You can believe now that you are someone of value. Lord Jesus, I'm praying for the person who has been through verbal, emotional, or even physical abuse. It's horrible, God, and I know it's not your will. So right now, Jesus, we receive your spirit. We receive you, Lord Jesus, and we want salvation so that we can bring life and deliverance for others. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. If you need prayer, please give us a call at 877-480-4477. That's 877-480-4477. See you next time.